I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week, my guest is Tiffany Young, founder of Butter Bar Cosmetics. The brand was created from Tiffany's own personal hair journey and out of her desire to help people learn how to use high-quality natural ingredients in their self-care hair routine. What started as a homemade product soon turned into a thriving business. And today, Tiffany's line has grown to include products for both hair and skin, all made from ethically sourced and fair trade ingredients. Tiffany has now even partnered with Dalhousie University for the launch of an all-natural new line of hair products and soap. Here is our conversation. Tiffany, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, I always start these conversations in a similar fashion. I'd like to ask my guests to go back in time and uh, think about when you were growing up, what did you imagine you'd be doing later in life as a career, as a job? And did you ever picture yourself as an entrepreneur in the beauty industry? I definitely did not picture myself as an entrepreneur um, and definitely not in the beauty industry. Um, I think for the first part of my childhood, it was really just, excuse me, focused on, you know, going to school, getting good grades. Um, I knew the end goal would be university. Um, Not many people in my family before then had gone. So that was kind of the end goal. But I really had uh, not much of an idea of what I wanted to do. I would say that came about probably junior high. So when uh, CSI came out, um, crime scene investigation show, um, I thought, you know, that's what I want to do. I'm going to go to school to be a forensic scientist. And when I was in high school, uh, St. Mary's had actually just started a forensic science program. So I thought, oh, this is perfect. This is what I'm meant to do. So yeah, so got into university, started taking science courses, realized uh, it was not the best fit. I did not enjoy any of my classes. Uh, so I decided to uh, take a year off, uh, reassess things, and decided to go back to major in psychology and human resources, which was a much better fit. Um, and then I did work um, in the HR world um, for quite a few years after graduation. And got to use my uh, psychology degree when working with the Boys and Girls Club with children and youth. Wonderful. And then, so tell me a little bit about kind of your interest in starting your own business, which I understand Mm -hmm. for you really stemmed from, you know, you filling a need, a personal need that you had for a specific type of products uh, and just kind of, you know, starting that project from from your kitchen, basically. So I'd love to hear how uh, that began for you. Yeah, no, and you got that right. Um, I had decided to stop chemically processing my hair. So I wanted to stop using relaxers uh, for a few different reasons. One of them, uh, there's a lot of uh, negative health side effects that come with uh, Mm -hmm. using relaxers. And of course, um, I just, you know, wanted to see what my natural curls actually looked like and start learning about them and, you know, wanted to take care of them as my hair grew out of my head. (laughs) So um, when I decided to um, 
you know, take that journey, um, especially living here in the Maritimes, there wasn't a lot of access to products that were made specifically um, for textured hair. Uh, so it was very mm-hmm. challenging to find, you know, products that um, YouTubers and different hairstylists were recommending. Um, and so I would have to either order online, which I'm not a huge online shopper, um, or what I would do mostly is stock up when I would travel to places like Toronto, New York, or Montreal. Um, but after a while, you know, I got kind of tired of doing that. And so decided to start making some of my own products. Uh, there were still challenges with that. Um, again, living in the Maritimes, it was hard to access um, natural quality ingredients, also at an mm-hmm. affordable price. Because uh, when I would find things that I wanted to use, it was like, oh, you know, I, I am a, still a student. I'm on a tight budget, <laughs> right? So, right. <laughs> uh, so you know, I made do with what I could, things like coconut oil, olive oil, things that I would also, you could also cook with, basically. Mm, um, right. so yeah, so started making my own things and, um, a lot of people started asking me like, Oh, what are you using for your hair? Like it's grown so much. It's, you know, um, the curls are so bouncy and, and, you know, it's a big challenge, um, especially within the black community. And so, mm. um, when people started stopping me on the street, asking me what I'm using, um, my then boyfriend, who's now my husband was like, you know, I think there's an opportunity here. And I kind of brushed it off because I was like, I know nothing about business. Like, that's not my background. Um, I thought like I went to cosmetology school or anything like that. Like, who's going to take me seriously? Um, But uh, as time went on, um, you know, more people were asking me for advice and then implementing it and seeing a difference um, in their own um, hair. And so, you know, I started to take what he said more seriously and we had a brainstorming session and that's really how Butterbar was kind of born. Uh, We talked about if money was no issue, uh, what would it look like? What would I offer? You know, those kind of things. And um, we really started to put a plan into place. And uh, this idea did come about approximately six years ago. Uh, So it did take me some time to get out of my own way to get things started. Um, But I'm very, very happy that I did. And um, I definitely think it was the right decision. And tell me about when, you know, when you first took that step of making this a real business, (laughs) what were the first few months like and what kind of challenge did you uh, did you face? And you it sounds like you already had, you know, there there was a doubt in your mind before starting Mm -hmm. the business because that wasn't your background and it was something completely different for you. Uh, So what were those first few months of launching the business like? Yes, uh, it was definitely a little scary, um, of course, exciting and nerve wracking all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started in the middle of a pandemic. So there was really that uh, fear of, oh, my gosh, um, one, we're still in lockdown. How is anybody going to find out about us? Will anybody buy? What are they going to think? Um, am I actually going to be able to answer people's questions? You know, those are some of the initial um, fears that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely in the beginning, um, the first few months, some of the challenges was really, um, because I am a product-based business, really learning and understanding 
how to maintain my inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, also opening during the pandemic, there was a lot of like supply chain issues. So there were times where I would run into, okay, I need more containers, but they're out of stock for the next two months, you know? So, um, really trying to navigate, uh, those waters and know how much product or ingredients to order, how much product to keep on the shelves, you know, that kind of thing was definitely a big challenge. Um, and I would say another big one was probably marketing. Um, you know, my social media experience was definitely more just scrolling and maybe posting every so Mm -hmm. often. So it was a big learning curve and, um, you know, it was really just a kind of step-by-step learn as you go, uh, definitely have made mistakes, Mm -hmm. uh, but have learned from them as well. Um, and can you tell me who were role models for you? Maybe, uh, you know, mentors, people who supported you, uh, maybe uh, other women entrepreneurs who inspired you and maybe who, you you know, you still draw inspiration from today? Um, yeah, I, I think um, definitely from, you know, within, if I'm talking about women specifically, you know, my mom and my grandmother have definitely um, inspired me. Um, my grandmother immigrated to um, Halifax from Jamaica. Um, and she worked very hard. She came over by herself and uh, worked and then brought my mom and my uncle and my great grandmother um, over to Halifax. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just seeing um, how hardworking um, she is and, you know, with any like the personal challenges my mom has dealt with over her life, just witnessing like her strength. Uh, those were things that definitely helped to inspire and motivate me. Um, I definitely have also, you know, throughout my time in university and things been able to meet some amazing women, um, who have really encouraged me, uh, some who have become lifelong friends as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And, um, I also have a great relationship with my pastor. And so anytime I've dealt with challenges and needed that extra support, she's somebody that, I've been able to, you know, call on and um, she'll pray with me and just kind of give me that kick in the butt that I need sometimes. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, uh, she's definitely been a huge um, inspiration to me as well. And then from opening the business, it's just opened up um, a whole new world. And I've met so many amazing women, uh, female entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, CEOs and, women who are running different organizations that I would have never met if I had never opened a business. And they've just been so supportive and so encouraging. And if I'm, you know, if I'm stuck in something and not sure how to navigate through, um, they're ready and willing to provide, you know, that advice and support that I need. Mm, That's wonderful. This season of The Brennis Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. 
you brought up, um, you, you know, you created the product basically out of a really a gap in the marketplace. Um, and often it's said that in the beauty industry, um, it's a very saturated area. And I think I think a lot of young brands who want to want to create something and, and make their mark in the industry see that as a challenge. But it's interesting because you really identified a gap. Um, so why do you think and what would be your advice to other women entrepreneurs who are interested in building a beauty brand and you've targeted uh, you know, a, a product, I think first and foremost, you were, uh, you created a product that targeted black women's hair specifically, uh, but now mm -hmm. you're offering a product for, for all hair types from what I can understand. But do you think there are opportunities for very niche products, uh, in the beauty category, uh, that target specific needs like yours? Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know the beauty industry is massive, um, it's billions of dollars, you know, every year uh, spent and made. Um, however, um, I would always tell anybody, you know, that even if there are some products out there already and you want to make something that similar, like there are hundreds of shampoos out there, but there is something different that you're going to bring to the table. How you, you know, what ingredients you choose, you know, what you want your brand to be, um, how you can carry yourself and conduct your business is going to be different from the next person. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think that anybody should shy away from a market that um, does seem saturated. Um, you know, your, your idea is unique and the way you're going to bring that to market is going to be different from everybody else. Um, there is also lots of gaps within, um, the beauty industry. Um, I think it's just sometimes taking that pause to be like, okay, you know, yes, there's lots of beauty brands out there already. And most of the time they are catering to the majority um, so what are some other groups that are being, you know, overlooked or kind of left behind or an afterthought? Mm. Um, what are your challenges when you're looking for things for beauty products? What can't you find? Um, what would be useful to you that you're not seeing out there? Um, so those yeah. are ways that you can identify some of those gaps and, um, and then fulfill a need. And sometimes there's a need that people don't realize that they want as well. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not until they try your product and realize, oh, this is way better than what I've been using, um, that they understand that, okay, I might need to rethink how I, I look at my beauty routine. Mm -hmm. And you brought up challenges that you face related to the pandemic and connected issues like supply chain, uh, you know, just dealing with vendors in general. Um, how do you deal with adversity? What's typically the way, you know, you and, and I think there's a practical answer to that and there's probably a, a more inspiring answer to that. Um, how, you know, how how do you react when you face obstacles and yeah. how do you overcome them? Sometimes I cry. <laughs> Sometimes I have a real, you know, big cry and I reach for, you know, some comfort food and maybe put on a show and, or go to bed early. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes how I handle it. Um, but having a good support system is, um, mm. very important. You want those people in your corner who you can call, uh, if you need to cry things out that they'll encourage you, remind you that, you know, you can do this. 
um, and help remind you why you started what you're doing. Um, I think it's also important to have uh, somebody who is a mentor as well, who can, who has a bit more experience. Um, and it's not always in your specific industry, but in, you know, um, if it is for a business, then you want somebody who is in that entrepreneurial space who can give you some good advice and, you know, um, help give examples of, you know, when they faced adversity and how they were able to get through it and how things will work out, um, you know, in the end. And lastly, I think it's also important to have um, some good self-care practices. So, you know, that is going to look different for everybody. So find out, you know, figure out what helps you to, you know, um, find that calm, find that peace and be able to reflect um, and pause and take those moments to kind of recoup and re-energize so that, you know, the next day you can get up and hit the ground running. I love all of that advice. And I was going to ask you, so I know you're a mom as well, in addition to being an entrepreneur, how do you reconciliate family life, caring for for your kids and finding time, you know, for your family, for yourself, uh, and still running a business, which we all know can take up all of our time if we let it. Yes, yes, definitely. It's a it's a 24-7 thing. It's hard to turn, you know, your brain off. Um, it definitely is a challenge at time. It is a balancing act. Uh, my, my kids are quite young. They're four and two. And, you know, so sometimes they are like, where are you going? Why are you, you know, why are you leaving? And that definitely pulls on my heartstring. Um, but I am, I do have to remember, you know, why I started this, what my purpose is. And a big reason why I created this business and why I pushed through those times is that I want them to, you know, see that they can do anything that they want, that they set mm -hmm. their mind to. I also want to, you know, leave something for them that, you know, whether it's they want to take over the business or, you know, set them up financially so that they can, you know, pursue their goals and dreams. Um, and I also want them to see that uh, they are beautiful. Uh, many mm -hmm. times in the beauty industry, um, you know, it, it's not always been the most diverse and it has gotten better, but there's still a long way to go. And so I try my best through my branding and marketing and things like that to shine a spotlight on those who are not normally the forefront of um, beauty campaigns. Um, so that definitely helps mm -hmm. me to, you know, be like, I am doing this with a greater purpose and it is going to benefit them um, in the end. Uh, it is also important to, you know, prioritize. And there is a time that I am fully business focused and I make sure the kids are taken care of. But also when I unplug and it's family time, um, I make that the priority and they come first. My husband comes first and we make sure to carve out those times. It may not always be as consistent as we hope, um, but when we do make that time to be together, it's 100% there. Uh, so it makes it worth all of the, the sacrifice. So, yeah. That, again, that's great, great advice, good words of wisdom in, in that answer. Um, and lastly, I wanted to ask you, so you're, you're based in the Maritimes, um, <laughs> which, which is great. My part of my family's from Nova Scotia. So oh, awesome. I, I love hearing that. Um, <laughs> do you find any challenges with being based, you know, outside of, let's say, a, a major metropolitan area like Toronto, for example? Mm -hmm. And do you find that running a beauty business um, from uh, 
you know, a, a, a place that's that's outside of a, of, a, of a larger city that has more infrastructure typically comes with any challenges or do you see an opportunity uh, or multiple opportunities being based in the Maritimes? Um, I look at it more as an opportunity. Um, there are definitely challenges. Um, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily always take you seriously because they're like, Halifax, where's that? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I get there's black people in Halifax <laughs> you know I've, I've had that you know question oh, wow. before okay. um, so so there's definitely lots of um educating others yeah. you know who are outside yeah. of the Maritimes or don't have that connection here um you know um shipping costs and things like that are always way more expensive getting things brought into the mm-hmm. Maritimes than if we were let's say in Quebec or Ontario uh, so th- there's definitely some challenges however I, I choose to focus more on the opportunities mm-hmm. um there you know Nova Scotia the Maritimes in general are kind of looked at as very small town and slow pace um, however, there's tons of opportunity here for to be innovative, um, to bring something to the table that nobody else is doing. Uh, sometimes when you are in the larger cities, there's definitely a lot more competition, um, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, but it, that that's an opportunity to seize here in the Maritimes is that you have the space to really uh, bring something that others aren't doing and take your time as well, because um, there aren't like five other people on the block doing the same thing, you know, so you right. can really uh, focus and tailor it to, uh, to the community that is around you. Um, another thing that is great is being in that, you know, kind of small knit place is the community support is outstanding. Um, oh, yeah. Everybody's focus is supporting local. How can we help? Uh, you know, and it's even if somebody can't necessarily purchase what you're offering, they're always sharing and spreading the word, um, you know, and I think that was just even um, it was even heightened even more because of COVID as well. Um, mm, so I think those are some of the great benefits of running a business in the Maritimes and in what some would consider, you know, small town, slow pace areas. Mm. And I read somewhere that you even work with uh, Dalhousie University and Mm -hmm. uh, some of their specialists in refining a formula for one of your products. Yes, yes. Actually, I'm waiting on my last ingredient so that we can have produce and launch our all natural shampoo, conditioner and leave in conditioner. Uh, So I was able to uh, work with a researcher out of Dalhousie um, testing various um, all natural preservatives. Um, And we were able to find one that helps to extend the shelf life while also um, keeping all of the ingredients 100% natural and plant-based. So that is something that will be coming out very soon. Um, So again, with the issues of uh, shipping and supply chain, uh, I'm just waiting on that one last ingredient to uh, really kick things off. So was a great experience. That's amazing. And again, that speaks to the support from the local community and the interest in supporting local businesses. Mm -hmm. So my last question, which is also my favorite question to ask guests, (laughs) what's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing you wish women would do less of? I really wish uh, women would doubt themselves less. Um, You know, many times, especially when if you're in an industry that is male dominated, um, you know, a lot of people will question you. A lot of people will doubt your abilities. And that 
does affect you, you know, like we're human, what other people think and say can sometimes, you know, play with our head. Uh, so I definitely wish women would doubt themselves less, um, believe in themselves more and, you know, really, um, have, have more self-confidence. Love that as an answer. Yeah. And what I think women should do more of, um, you know, be themselves, speak up, um, you know, don't, don't hide your emotions, you know, don't worry about, you know, being labeled certain things. Um, when you believe in what you're doing and when you know your intentions are good, then just move forward with that and it will all work out in your favor in the end. Mm -hmm. Great advice. And thank you so much, Tiffany. It was great hearing about your journey and your brand. Wishing you a lot of success with what's coming up next. Thank we'll you. link up all the ways that uh, our listeners can, can find your, your products and your brand. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much, Eva. This was a great uh, chat and I really enjoyed all of your questions. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity to be featured on your platform. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women in Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.